Welcome to 3Talk, coaching conversations for modern day living. With backgrounds in business, marketing and teaching, Susie, Lucia and Fleur bring you tips and tools to help you live the life you want to live. 3Talk, transforming lives for the better. Welcome back to 3Talk. How to stop going down the rabbit hole of overthinking. I hope you and your loved ones are finding some joy in this self-isolating times. These are difficult times, but I like to think of it as a beautiful struggle, a problem we can grow from, which brings me on nicely to today's topic, overthinking. This is a time that we can overthink, and this can rob us of any joy. Whether we are beating ourselves up over a mistake we made yesterday or fretting about how we are going to succeed tomorrow, Us overthinkers are plagued by distressing thoughts. Our inability to get out of our own heads leaves us in a state of constant anguish. While everyone overthinks things once in a while, some people just can't ever seem to quiet the constant barrage of thoughts. Their inner monologue includes two destructive thought patterns, ruminating and worrying. Ruminating involves reshaping the past, Thoughts may include things like, I shouldn't have spoken up in the meeting today. Everyone looked at me like I was an idiot. I could have stuck it out at my old job. I'd be happy if I just stayed there. My parents always said I wouldn't amount to anything. And they're right. This is kind of past thinking. Worrying involves negative, often catastrophic predictions about the future. They may think things like, I'm going to embarrass myself tomorrow when I give that presentation. My hands will shake, my face will turn red, and everyone will see that I'm incompetent. I'll never get promoted. It doesn't matter what I do. It's not going to happen. My husband is going to find someone better than I am. I'm going to end up divorced and alone. Overthinkers don't just use words to contemplate their lives. Sometimes they conjure up images too. They may envision their car going off the road, or they might replay a distressing event in their minds like a movie. Either way, their tendency to overthink everything holds them back from doing something productive. The dangers of overthinking. Thinking too much about things isn't just a nuisance. It can take a serious toll on your well-being. Research says dwelling on your shortcomings, mistakes and problems increases your risk of mental health problems. And as your mental health declines, your tendency to ruminate increases, which can lead to a vicious circle that is hard to break. Studies also show that overthinking leads to serious emotional distress. To escape that distress, many overthinkers resort to unhealthy coping strategies, such as alcohol, food. If you're an overthinker, you're likely already know you can't sleep when your mind won't shut off. Studies confirm this, finding that worrying leads to fewer hours of sleep and poorer sleep quality. So, Let's think how to stop overthinking. Putting an end to rehashing, second-guessing and catastrophic predictions is easier said than done. But with consistent practice, you can limit your negative thinking patterns. And we're going to talk about six ways today to stop overthinking everything. And the first one is start to notice when you're thinking too much. Awareness is the first step in putting an end to overthinking. Start paying attention to the way you think. When you notice you're replaying events in your mind over and over or worrying about things you can't control, 
acknowledge that your thoughts aren't productive. What do you think, Susie? Well, seeing as I help people with their busy minds, I would say I suffered from a serious busy mind in my kind of mid-20s to like mid-30s before I sought tools and help to help me with that. This is a huge one for everyone. And I think that especially where we stand now in the globe, lots of people are going to be going into that part of the brain where they're going to be seriously worrying, seriously thinking, and they're going to be catastrophizing because it's human nature. And when you feel like you can't control your mind, we always end up going way past all the possibilities and we end up in I said that catastrophic place which ultimately never really does happen so something that I like to use and help people with in terms of their awareness is it doesn't matter where you are on the globe if you think of maybe um, a metro system like for instance London Underground I always say to people, just imagine you're at Victoria and for whatever reason, you've ended up in Barking. So Victoria is your current state. Barking is way ahead. There's 15 stops in between that. And for whatever reason, you have imagined that you've gone straight to Barking, but you haven't gone through all the other stops first that would actually be areas that you would probably go to prior to landing at this awful place and I'll give you an example you said it if I stand up in that meeting people are going to laugh at me before that even happens lots of things have to trigger that process you standing up in a meeting and people laughing at you isn't an instant thing so you kind of have to take your mind back to where you currently are and track through each point to know that actually before you even get to that place it's probably never ever going to happen and that's kind of where when we overthink things, we can take our minds and it's not very helpful. We end up then obviously thinking too much. And the reason why that analogy is good is if you can stop yourselves in the tracks and realize you're ended up way past your stop, then you can really give yourself an awareness and actually start laughing about it. And it really does help to kind of get you back into the present into your current situation not fast forwarding into one that actually is potentially highly unlikely yeah I like that one I like it to just think uh putting your torchlight on and only thinking to as far as you can see we don't need to see all around the bends because we can't control everything we don't know what's coming up so just try and think about being in that present moment as Susie said so that leads us on nicely to number two, question your thoughts. It's easy to get carried away with negative thoughts. So before you conclude that calling a sick is going to get you fired or that forgetting one deadline is going to cause you to become homeless, acknowledge that your thoughts may be exaggerated negatively. Learn to recognize and replace thinking worries before they work you up into a complete frenzy. So ask yourself, is this true? What could other outcomes be? What do you think, Susie? Again, I think it's so important. We sometimes think that we are our thoughts and that our mind is controlling us and not the other way around. So I think when you first start to question your thoughts, that means you're starting to regain control, which is really actually important because, as you just said, there's so many things that we cannot control, external factors. But the one internal factor, and especially at a time like now, the one thing that we do have control over is 
our thoughts and ourselves because here's the thing we control our mind not the other way around and once you really get to grips with that you can actually start to see that you can control your thought process and the patterns and once you're aware of those patterns you can actually do something about it so a bit like we said before but then once you're aware it's questioning and it's almost like I ask people that are really serious worriers to almost do a you've ever worked in a place of employment a health and safety grid so what's the probability how likely how unlikely and when you can actually view it almost like that you can actually start to identify that not only are they not helpful they're like you said they're not true um, they're false and actually it's really our defense mechanism so you know our fear that is overtaking us when it comes to the worrying is telling us all this information it's hitting us with a barrage of things and actually at the bottom of it majority of times it is just not true so questioning your thoughts when you're getting carried away is so important to be able to like you say replace the frenzy with actually helpful tools to be able to control your mind yeah that's great which leads on nicely to number three keep the focus on active problem solving so first of all accept this is a problem dwelling on the problem isn't helpful but looking at solutions is ask yourself what steps you can take to learn from a mistake or to avoid a future problem instead of asking why did this happen ask yourself what can i do about it when you'll keep going over and over why did this happen you're adding to the suffering you're adding to the problem it becomes more emotional you can't link into that logical part of your brain so by keeping yourself calm and trying to say less emotional you can think logically what can i do about it for example we're all stuck indoors at the moment instead of going this is the worst thing ever i can't cope you ask yourself what areas of my life have i still got control on for example it could be controlling what you eat, when you sleep, when you rest, all these things can help your immune system. So you're kind of taking control of the problem instead of thinking that you're helpless. What do you think, Susie? I suppose one of the biggest parts of awareness of this whole process in terms of worrying is looking at future state, not dwelling on the past. You know, the majority of people that I see, and certainly with myself, was because we just couldn't let go of something. And not being able to let go of that didn't enable you to move forward in a solution forward view. So it's really important that you notice the past, understand the past, but don't keep playing in the past. Because if not, you can't start asking yourself questions like, what can you do about it now? <laughs> you know, how can I move this forward now? What can I work with that I've got? right now so it's all about trying to get a bit more present but also like you say active problem solving is about you wanting to get out of your current state and i do think some people are so used to the worrying story that it's very hard to start looking at a new one and actually problem solving yourself out of it because when you do that what then what so for me this was a huge awareness and when i could move out of that past state into the future state it enabled me to take action and actually start helping myself so i think this is really really key 
Which leads me on nicely to the next point, which is stay in the now. It's impossible to rehash yesterday or worry about tomorrow when you're living in the present. Commit to becoming more aware of the here and now. Just like any other skill, mindfulness, being present now, takes practice. But over time, it can decrease the overthinking. So like Susie was saying, what can you actually do now to help you instead of future worrying or living back in the past? Which leads on to the next point is make a scheduled time for reflection. Stewing on your problems for long periods of time isn't productive, but brief reflection can be helpful. Thinking about how you could do things differently or recognizing potential pitfalls to your plan, for example, can help you do better in the future. Incorporate 20 minutes of thinking time into your daily schedule. During that time, let yourself worry, ruminate or mull over whatever you want. Then when your time is up, move on to something more productive. When you notice yourself overthinking things outside of your scheduled time, remind yourself that you'll think about this later. And I think this is really important for releasing emotions. So feel in the problem so it doesn't stay living in you. Because if we push down problems, of course, they're going to bounce back up. It's like trying to push a ball under the water. So give yourself thinking and feeling time. But don't ruminate about it all day long. What do you think, Susie? Oh, I think it's so important because we can get, can't we go down this rabbit hole of just focusing on that one thing that happened to us on that day and, oh God, I had this meeting and actually it was terrible and blah, 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 and da, da, da. And then you, you suffer from it for eight hours in the workplace and then you come home and then you talk to your partner about it and then it carries on until 10 p.m. Has anyone else ever done that? Because I've definitely done that. and. Before you know it, you've just given the best part of 12 to 13 hours of your life to this one thing that actually doesn't define you. Within a week, you're not even remembering about it. But our life is obviously quite precious. So why are we allowing maybe 12 hours of our life to go over to one thought of the day? So I think the time for reflection is key, but there is an amazing um, chap, really motivational and he invented the morning miracle and part of his works are you're only allowed to give five minutes to something so you're allowed five minutes to scream shout punch a pillow do whatever you want work it through your body work it vocally and after five minutes you time it with a stopwatch you stop you stop what you're doing and just move on to your next part so your next part of your day, whatever you're going to be doing. And it absolutely works. But what it also does is let you almost shift your, your thought process to the fact that, ha, huh, actually, I have been allowing this to go filter into all other areas of my life. And if I choose, and this is all a choice to do that, I will waste precious hours of my life. And if I choose to do that, I will have um, potentially a very negative outcome because there can only be one outcome from that and stewing on it for 12 hours isn't a positive outcome or I could positively choose to deal with this in a five minute window and then move on for the rest of my my day his name's Hal Elrod I can never say it Hal Elrod and he does lots of things very creative about the thought process but this is just one of his things you know and he's he's someone that's had um you know uh, life-threatening experiences car crash told he'd never ever walk again and he said he used this in these times to feel the pain and anger 
in order for him to move on quickly. Otherwise, he couldn't have rehabilitated himself or got the recovery if he had just dwelled on it. Now, I get that might be easier said than done, but actually just think about it. Think about the two outcomes. One is you five minutes to really feel the pain and anger and lean into it and get on with your life. And the other is you can just keep swelling on that. And I'm not, I'm not talking about real life, you know, changing things. I'm talking about the day-to-day stuff that we mull on and we stew on, the small stuff um, that actually in 50 years' time we're not even going to remember. So um, please don't think I'm letting any way, shape or form people's life experiences. He did just manage to do that with something that was obviously life-defining for him. I'm just talking about, you know, trying to use this for the day-to-day stuff when something doesn't go to plan or something really annoys you or things haven't gone or met your expectations. Yeah, I think it's a really good point because what you're doing there is living the feelings. It's like with children, isn't it? They have a tantrum. They let it all out. Everything's okay. Just because we're adults, we're still human. We still have feelings and giving yourself that time to let out those feelings is so important. And then you can move on to the final um, point we're giving you today is busy yourself with a different activity. Sometimes telling yourself to stop thinking about something can backfire. The more you try to avoid the thought from entering your brain, the more likely it is to keep popping up. Busying yourself with activity is the best way sometimes to change the channel. For me, exercise, (laughs) engage in conversation on a completely different subject, or get working on a project that will distract your mind from all those negative thoughts. So we don't have to stay there. We do have choice. We always have choice. What do you think, Susie? I think the choice one is key for this whole topic, really, isn't it? Because that's what it's about. And I also think that moving yourself and distracting yourself is a very good technique for getting out of that worry. And I'll give you an example where I had years ago a fear of flying. I was given distraction techniques and they work. So if you've done any tapping before um, in terms of EFT, that was one of the techniques that I was given to distract myself when, uh, let's just say, the plane made a funny noise or it slowed down midair or, and I started looking at catastrophizing in that moment. And basically what it does is it starts to work different parts of your brain that you engage. And in order to be in that thought process, you can't do two things at once. So it's a fantastic, EFT is a fantastic tool for that, but just in terms of anything you can do to distract your mind from it. Because if you know it's not helpful and you're finding it quite difficult to overcome emotions and to stop that thought process, then do look at some alternatives that will work for you. Exercise, like you said, Fleur, is a a huge one because it is very hard when you're panting and when you're stretching and when you're engaged in that to think of anything else, which is why so many people get you know, a dopamine hit from it because it frees their mind and obviously gets all the good chemicals working in the body. Other things is just put music on. I find putting music on really helpful because before I know it, I'm singing along to the words, therefore I can't think about all those negative things. And drawing is an amazing one because you have to engage different parts of your brain to be able to focus on that. And I suppose the one thing I would do is just, just remember that this isn't running away from the problem you know, in terms of a distraction technique, some people say, oh yeah, but then I'm not dealing with it. 
if that is a coping mechanism, the more the more you do things like this, the more you retrain your brain to go into that thought process and cycle, it actually becomes and reprograms you to, to think in a different way. And all of a sudden your thought process is working in a different way over a period of time. This isn't something that happens overnight. So I think it's it's really important, especially when you're finding that actually you can't get out of your own mind and you really do need a stronger tool, should we say, to really help you get out of that moment. Yeah, I think that's a better coping mechanism than other coping mechanisms like overeating or drinking or being too negative and judging yourself. So it's finding those coping mechanisms that are going to upgrade you and not make you feel worse or make the problem worse. So thinking is good, but overthinking is is not helpful. And that's why I put this quote down today. Overthinking the art of creating problems that weren't even there. So thinking is good, but overthinking is not. We can use our imagination to create problems or create magic. Sorry if there's been any interference today. As you can imagine, we are all dealing with Uh, more people in the house, husbands, children, dogs, babies. So bear with us. Thank you so much for listening to us for one more week. Thanks for your support. And don't forget to leave us a comment or a review. Subscribe, share the love, and thank you for helping us to keep giving this content. Have a great week and see you next time. Much love.